It's a Bumblecast Mini, sponsored by Chill Pangolin. Archie Eggman dies tragically, and the last act of his evil will install Thunderbolt as the new Egg Empress. How does that go? Terribly and briefly. Yeah. <laughs> I, the, the power goes straight to her head, and while she has all the violence and severity of Eggman, she has none of the calculating or restraint she goes from zero to 100 she exists at 100 there is no zero to 100 she is always at 100 and the other egg bosses know immediately that she is not going to be able to lead the empire so the already kind of fractured base is going to just completely splinter Mm -hmm. Uh, if she manages to know how to lock up their systems then we're going to lose a lot of leadership real fast but the smarter ones will play along until they figure a way out because she's not smart enough to know that they're actively plotting behind her back. She would take their feigned subservience as legitimate. So she would bungle things. She would lose territory. She would end up fighting her own forces as much as the heroes and, you know, go out in a literal blaze of glory as an electrical fly- fire. Mm. <laughs> but it would be fun. While it lasted. How much different would Lost World turn out if Team Dark investigated the Lost Hex instead of Sonic? Would an Eggman team up even be possible under such circumstances? Mm-hmm. Mm. You could maybe have the Deadly Six survive because they retreat after Shadow kicks their faces in. <clears throat> uh, Rouge might be able to negotiate a ceasefire. In regards to, you know, Eggman knows the lay of the land better than they do. He knows his own installations. That's valuable intel. And Omega, if you want to destroy more of his robots, he has to live to make them, right? Besides, the Deadly Six are taking your job away from you. You can't let that stand, can you? No. Okay, so we're all working together for now? Good. (laughs) Oh, boy. Rouge. Oof. <laughs> the sad thing is, it would work. The flower in Tails' workshop has sprouted into a tiny seedling that looks suspiciously like a certain plant-based pal. Pretty soon, she starts toddling around asking for snacks. How would Tails and the gang react to this infant addition to their pro- posse? And would she be a fan of Baby Groot? I would be sorely tempted to just make her Baby Groot. <laughs> I am Cosmo. I am Cosmo. I am Cosmo. <laughs> uh, there would be a degree of cheer and the, oh look at the wooji 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 amongst everybody I'm sure but at some point you would have to address the fact of what is this is this Cosmo reincarnated mm-hmm. I was sorely tempted to say reincarnation <clears throat> uh, or is this somebody new like is she eventually going to grow back into the Cosmo they knew, or is this just a new iteration of that person with her own aspirations, her own sense of self? And how much do they let that previous Cosmo affect the new Cosmo and her growth? And so there will be kind of, I wouldn't say a full on parenting network amongst the main crew, but there would be an extra degree of attentiveness and care given to her Mm -hmm. 
Let's see, I kind of figured she would be like, uh, since her name is Cosmo, she'd be more a fan of, you know, Cosmo, the other, another character from Guardians of the Galaxy, but, you know, whatever. Mm, mm. <laughs> I see what you did there. Uh, yes, yes. Here's a question for each of you. What is the greatest meal you've ever had? Oh, I've had the fortune of having many an excellent meal, but the one that immediately springs to mind is when we were in New Orleans for my uncle's engagement party, and there was a leg of rabbit that they served up that was just exquisite. <laughs> like, th there was nothing... My brother and I were both very, very picky eaters, and going out anywhere, it was kind of like chicken tendy and burgers that's our thing and this was an actual creole restaurant you don't do tendies and burgers here so we're both scouring the menu for something that looks palatable and i go rabbit you're allowed to eat rabbits rabbits are a thing you can eat <laughs> well, this seems the most straightforward i will give that a shot and, mm. i have tried cooking rabbits since and it has never come anywhere near as good as that that was oh that was a good like rabbit rabbit has something special to it you gotta you gotta do it right and there's there's no way but it's, i mean it's, it's it's a pain to put together but oh the results when they're good oh <laughs> no the chat is going crazy saying that you ate cream or cream's dad <laughs> as long as you as long as it was served in cheese sauce i guess it's okay mm, it was excellent chow let me tell you that mm -hmm, yes Yes, Ian Flynn did it. Uh, he finally admits it. Uh, let's see. Uh, I hmm. I really have a hard time remembering stuff. Jeez. Uh, did we take you to Bark when you were up in Toronto? Mm, I don't remember it, so I don't think so. Okay, because that would have been a contender right there, I guarantee you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, second one that comes to mind. Well, you think you're here is uh, there's a place in the distillery district here in Toronto called the Mill Street Pub. And for a while, they had a bison bolognese pasta. Mm, okay, three yeah. three bites, and the richness of it was like, okay, I'm full. One more bite. <laughs> One more bite. One more bite. I can't believe I ate the whole thing. I wish there was more. I am sick. I am so full. I wish I had another bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Bison is very oh. good. Uh, yeah, I, I I like deer. Deer is very good. That's yeah. I think I'm gonna go with that. Yeah, I like deer. It's uh my uh sometimes my dad goes hunting. It's been a long time actually. So one year he got a lot of deer meat, <laughs> and uh, that was some good eating right there. <laughs> so good stuff. How do you suppose things would go down if Preboot Sally retained her consciousness but remained a Robian? We all know Sonic would be chill, but I can't imagine her people would be being super jazzed about living under a mecha monarchy. And what of her relationship to Nicole? Well, when is she maintaining her consciousness? Are we saying, like, right when she got converted? Because uh, that would have been a hilarious turn of events. Eggman cheering that he finally got her and... no. She's herself, boots him off. <laughs> She's herself, uh, but also a robot. An ultra-powerful yeah. robot. Great, now she is truly, <laughs> truly the Mary Sue she was destined to be. Well, this would also, <laughs> if we're talking about right when she was converted, she would also just be a base Robian. You know, 
Okay. She didn't. She wouldn't have had all the weaponization that Eggman did to her. Oh right, right, right. Okay. So, that didn't happen on its own. Still put her. Yeah, she would still be strong as far as Robians go, but not like yeah what she was later. Uh, if we're gonna go with that scenario, she would be disturbed. She would try to hang her hat on the notion that she did the right thing, that she did the the sacrifice was for the greater good. She would happily pay this price a hundredfold over for everyone else. She's fine with this really truly, but it would eat at her and mm-hmm. she would have a very, very hard time admitting that because, you know, Sally internalizes way too much. <laughs> Tiny uh, boxes. Shove it, all into <laughs> t- shove it all into tiny boxes and uh, never touch it again. <laughs> that was a different mini. You'll have to go searching for that reference. <laughs> uh, I can see a lot of her sitting down talking with Bunny because they have a lot to talk about now in terms of shared experience. Uh, Nicole, losing her handheld would be a blow to her, but losing Sally was bigger to her. She wouldn't have any resentment towards Sally. If anything, she'd be in the same boat of, I'm glad I was able to save everyone. Um, she might be able to even interact with Sally on a cognizant level that they couldn't normally do before and might help her navigate all the problems that she's having. Uh, and there would be some citizens of Mobitropolis who are like, uh, robot. We, we've had trouble with the robots. We've had trouble with Robian stuff in the past. Not too sure about this. And the other half going, it's freaking Sally. Mm-hmm. This happened because she saved us all. You idiots. Shut up. But Elias is on the throne at this point anyway. So her ruling wouldn't really be a factor. No, no. Works for me. I'm down. You can see her throwing herself into more away missions because she just doesn't want to have people staring at her. It's like, Sal, this is not healthy. You you can't work through your emotional trauma just by working. She's like, watch me. <laughs> oh no, oh no. Would 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 Bunny try to reach out to her in some fashion? Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. I was gonna say because well, I mean, first of all, they're like the bestest of best friends, but also like you know, if anyone has any experience being even part Robian, it would be. Bunny, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. makes sense. You've also got jewels there, I suppose, if we're talking pre-reboot and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah, she would have a excellent support network. It would just have to be she has to admit she has a problem and <laughs> needs to seek out that support. Hmm. Hmm. She's almost as bad as Whisper. <laughs> <laughs> if I remember right, Dark Gaia monsters appeared whenever people's negative emotions drew them in. Assuming the melancholy of the Coco was enough to summon them, how did the beasties fare against the ancients' defenses? Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Now, the Dark Gaia monsters manifest by themselves. I don't think they ever really possessed any technology. Mm-mm. So we we don't really run the risk of ancient tech being infused with Dark Gaia energy. Um, I don't know. The... Ancient tech was fairly formidable, especially the mini bosses, guardians, whatever they were called. So I think they could be able to carve through the dark Gaia beasties without too much issue. Yeah. I think they, a few might actually fall to the larger versions, but uh, 
overall, I would think the ancient tech has the edge, maybe. They didn't, uh, they didn't, they wouldn't have had the emeralds, though, but that just means they wouldn't have had, what wouldn't they have had, then? I'm thinking about it. The titans, maybe? Are the titans? Yeah, but, you know, this, if they're, mm-hmm. if the dark guy monsters are being summoned by the Coco, that means the ancients themselves are already gone. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That would just leave their their autonomous tech to take care of things, and I, I could see them handling it fairly well. Yeah, it'd probably be fine. Probably. Maybe. Maybe. Interdimensional orb shenanigans summon Rouge to Deep Space Nine just as the war is beginning to brew. How does she make a life for herself? Would she aim to be a major player, or would she prefer something more secluded? Incidentally, where does she get her tailoring done? <laughs> this is an interesting thought. Like. W- Okay, why Rouge specifically? I don't know. <laughs> but oh, it would, she it would Teraknor would be her playground. I once guess she got yeah. rid of the land. <laughs> once she had an understanding of what Latinum was, yeah. she would have Quark wrapped around her little finger, whether he knew it or not. Yeah. <laughs> good point. Good point. <laughs> and her tailoring would be done with her new bestest friend Garrick. Garrick, yeah, and have so much to talk about because they're such instant good besties <laughs> you wouldn't believe what she saw on the promenade today code word code word code word oh isn't that fascinating because i thought code word code word code word <laughs> she would definitely stay behind as the dominion no not the dominion wrong uh, as uh no it was the dominion that took over because they sided with the Cardassians. God, it's been so long. Mm-hmm. She would definitely stay behind on the station to uh, mess with stuff. But given her size, I think she'd be able to sneak around a whole lot more and would be less active, whereas Garrick was still trying to like integrate with polite society at that point. The funny thing is is that uh, she would kind of just mix right in, like... <laughs> I mean, everyone else is an alien, pretty much, so what's another? Yeah. <laughs> it's just funny uh, to just imagine. Just her confounding Odo is worth seeing. <laughs> it's just funny to imagine her <laughs> amongst all these more, I guess, general humanoid creatures versus mm-hmm. her being, you know, sonicified. <laughs> Uh, it would be fun, though. Oh, it would be good. Dangerous. Very dangerous. When I was nine, the only Sonic game I knew was Adventure 2. I was immediately taken in by its mildly insane setting, where radical re- rebel cartoon animals phased down the military-industrial complex, and humanity had a secret 1950s space station for conducting unethical biomedical experiments mysteriously linked to a mystic past. It's got sexy super spies, a 10-year-old in a tank, and plot driven by and is plot driven by relatively complex emotions. I assume this was simply the Sonic style, so when people described other games or characters, I SA2ified them, imagining something congruent with that game's tone. If you could pick a Sonic game and apply its tone and style to the rest of the franchise, which would it be? Ah. Uh, I feel like I'm treading into dangerous waters here. It's kind of what Sonic Adventure did, because Sonic Adventure 1 started the tonal, the the tone that SA2, I think, then codified, and then Heroes completely undercut. I feel like Adventure, though, was more 
comparatively more lighthearted, more it still was, yeah, uh, fantastical and adventury, mm-hmm. whereas SA two was much more dark and driven. Mm-hmm. So, if anything, I'd say maybe Adventure One. It has that fun, it has that whimsy, it has that adventure, but it also has a little bit of a bite to it. It has that foundation that all the fluff can sit on top of. And it had, I feel like, the best balance, maybe. Mm-hmm. So, as maybe. long as you st- stayed within that orbit, I don't feel like you would have gone too astray. I'm going to be that guy and say colors. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Not colors. Colors was very fun. I love colors. I I love colors. Charming as hell. Yes, I love colors. I adore colors. But I, I, I don't know if the rest of the franchise could really subsist on just what colors brought to the table in terms of its story and tone and plot. (laughs) No, I feel like it's again in the orb of, of adventure where it has the whimsy and the adventure and the fun. It just didn't have much of a bite. It's it. it skews more toward that than yeah. anything else. So it, 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 Lost it, World, I kind of feels like goes too far out of orbit. It's too fantastical. It's a little too whimsical, and the bite doesn't feel like it's earned. It feels kind of tacked on in places. So it, yeah, it just doesn't quite. It doesn't quite do it. There's there's a certain balance that it needs, and it the franchise has kind of struggled to find that balance for the most part. Because mm. I mean, I, I think Frontiers might be a little too far in the other direction <laughs> from yeah, yeah, yeah. what came it, before. It's on the other end of the spectrum with SA two. It's yeah. I mean, it might be further than SA two. Oh yeah, easy. easy yeah, easy. Yeah. I mean, it it has its lighter moments, but it is definitely much more somber and. Uh, grim, yes. which is an interesting direction to take it, and it's fine for what it is. But that's not the tone I would hope for Sonic going forward. Right. I, I, it feels like what is to me a uh, hard correction and a hard overcorrection that will hopefully be balanced going forward. <laughs> so, but we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, I think it's somewhere in the middle there is about where it should be. Sonic Adventure-ish. Eh, I, <laughs> I think Shadow's game goes too far in both directions simultaneously. <laughs> like, I don't know how to describe it exactly. It is insanely... It takes its, it takes itself so seriously that it loops back around to becoming just... St- stupidly silly again exactly i I think which normally i would kind of love but for that game it's like this is this is too much i can't i really can't i can't take shadow seriously at all (laughs) (laughs) cannot do it oh sorry shadow fans he's just he's such a goofy character to me oh Recently, I learned that Shadow the Hedgehog and Sonic Rush came out in the same year. In that spirit, I propose a vibe swap. A gritty existential Sonic Rush versus a heartfelt but ultimately rather silly, rather silly Shadow Day Hedgehog morning, Shadow Day morning cartoon. (laughs) Shadow Day morning. I like that. Shadow Day morning cartoon. Shadow Day morning cartoon. Well, the shadow one's the easier one. You just brighten up the palette, you take out the blood, and you make the combat even more goofy. 
Like <laughs> in some ways you dial black doom back and in others ways you dial him up, maybe dial back the kind of faux religious overtones and play way more on the doctored claw angle on it. Mm. <laughs> like other than that, it's, it's fairly already on that mark. <laughs> I mean, you don't even have to change the music, uh, really. <laughs> like, maybe no somber flashbacks to destroying mutants on the Ark with Maria, but otherwise, Shadow running around bopping aliens while their wisecrack, wise, wisecracking sidekick du jour is running around with him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that works. There. That works. Yep. And as far as Sonic... That Shadow the Hedgehog... Bring me those chaos emeralds. <laughs> no. <laughs> You're cringe. <laughs> As for an overly grim rush. Yeah, just focus more on Blaze, I guess. I guess you get Blaze wrong. Yeah. The way you do it. Yeah, pretty much. But we wouldn't have known that because it's an introduction, so... <laughs> Yeah, but it would just be, you know, going, I don't know how they managed to find that perfect balance of plays, but it would be just to throw that balance off. Like, don't find the friendship with Cream. Don't have her open up to anyone along the way. Have her being extremely cold and distant the entire time. Mm -hmm. Really lean into the notion of her world is in peril without the soul emeralds and that Sonic is dooming an entire existence to die by trying to grab himself or something. Mm-hmm. And then all the music's the same. It's just in minor key. <laughs> <laughs> the new boost power-ups are fueled by pain. <laughs> Sonic can use this new gift, but it causes him torturous pain for every second he's boosting. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. Is this is this going to be a case of where if Bla- whenever Blaze uses her powers, it's ultra painful for her? What is she, Logan? Oh, she's catching herself on fire, yeah. <laughs> Go down the hills through the rooms. Ah! <laughs> this, this is freaking, this is Logan all over again. <laughs> it hurts every time. Because <laughs> this, is, this is becoming silly, Ian. <laughs> yeah, well, that's on par. Yeah. <laughs> God, I can't take it seriously. It's too silly. <laughs> Oh, oh, Blaze doesn't deserve this. Oh, oh no. All right, one more qu- one more question from Jill Bangolin. Are there any Sonic characters you can see accepting an offer of immortality, assuming it comes with no horrible curses or heavy responsibilities aside from those certain characters might impose on themselves? Who takes or refuses the deal? Well, I'm pretty sure they're all immortal because they have mascot <laughs> protection. Sonic would, you know, a chance to explore an adventure forever and ever. He's on there. Eggman would, because it's guaranteed he'll eventually outlive the competition. He has to win by battle of attrition. <laughs> what do you mean the hedgehog got it too? No! no! <laughs> uh, Knuckles would get it out of duty. Someone has to watch the Emerald, and he's kind of the last one, so... I guess... Could just let the island fall. Doesn't Every- seem to really be a big deal when it does. <laughs> uh, 
everyone else, I think, if given the chance to think about it, would ultimately turn it down because the existential horror that comes with immortality. You might have to, like, stop Charmy from just saying yes immediately because he doesn't think it through. But besides that, I think everybody would come to the realization of it's not a gift. It's a curse. Rouge would do it (laughs) purely out of self-serving. I don't know. I don't know. I think I would. I think she would rather have an end to it all to come out on top, to have that amassed fortune, to live the good life and to go out with one grand hurrah. Lived on her own terms, but maintaining all that to constantly be spying and lying and thieving and playing everyone. It's exhausting. It's fun for now, but she can't see herself doing that in the long term. Well, but the eternal term. But the but the other two members of her crew are uh, immortal. So (laughs) who's going to keep them in check? And she's (laughs) not her problem when she's gone. (laughs) Not her problem. (laughs) Yeah, right. <laughs> like she would accept that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone else would really take I think it. Naturally, is immortal, so it's kind of a moot point. Well, I mean, yeah, big, big would hear the big would be offered and be like, "What? <laughs> I already have that. Thanks, Froggy. You want to be immortal too? I already am. Oh yeah." <laughs> I forgot. I mean, ribbit. <laughs> uh, Froggy doesn't talk. Nope. Never. <laughs> never says a word. You heard nothing. <laughs> this is not the frog you're looking for. <laughs> On that note, it's time to end. Thank you to Chill Pangolin for sponsoring this Bumblecast Mini. If you want one of your own, head over to patreon.com slash bumblecast, ko-fi.com slash bumblecast, or become a YouTube member. Be good to yourselves, be good to each other, and we will see you next time on the Bumblecast. See ya!